What's going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Berry, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about getting inbound sales. So there is a value to sending pitches to prospects, reaching out to people and getting sales that way. And it can work very well. But what about inbound sales where people find you? They're genuinely curious about the product or service that you have to provide and they want to figure out how to buy if you get inbound sales for your business, there's a lot more that you can do for servicing existing clients while knowing that new ones are continuously on the way. Our guest who joins us today, he's an international speaker who's been dubbed a web marketing guru by the New York Times and one of the 20 speakers you don't want to miss by Forbes. His book, They Ask You Answer, offers a revolutionary approach for people who want to learn about inbound sales, content marketing, and today's digital consumer. Our guest who joins us in this episode of Breakthrough Success is none other than Marcus Sheridan. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thrilled to be here, Mark. I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation, bud. Marcus, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And with the but businesses wanting to get revenue, sending out pitches is one way to do it. But inbound sales is a great long-term approach because clients come to you instead of you having to rely on pitches. And pitches can still be a good thing, but inbound sales truly presents a compelling opportunity. Well, um, I mean, I think it's the, hap- the happiest entrepreneurs are the ones that are working with those that they actually want to work with. Mm. How many times have, you know, if you're listening to this right now, how many times have you taken on a client where inherently your gut told you, oh, that's just, I don't know about this person, but why did you engage them? You engaged them because you need the money. Let's be honest, right? And once you took the money, you ended up saying, gosh, this was uh, this wasn't worth it. That happens to everybody. It happens to every business. It definitely happens when we are trying to find because we lower our standard and we start to work with anyone that will pay the bills. And so if you can create a much greater inflow of leads and be more selective with those who you actually engage, and those who you sell to, life is so much happier. It's just, this, this is so much better, right? That is the goal. I think that's what we're all striving to do. I really love that commentary because I, I feel like when you are pitching it is this search for something. And sometimes it could feel like a desperate search where you are just trying to pay those bills, as Marcus suggested. Uh, with the inbound sales, I feel like if you're not getting too many, it can feel a little similar where you see like the first inbound person in your inbox for weeks and you feel like this is the right client for you. How do we go from the occasional inbound where maybe someone found us on our LinkedIn profile and it feels like we got lucky versus having multiple viable clients reaching out to us every single week? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I, I, there's phrases obviously everybody's heard, but, you know, one that comes to mind is thought leadership. And if you want to be a thought leader, you have to be willing to talk about things that others in your space aren't willing to talk about, right? I would argue, Mark, that every business is built on trust. And that's something that's not going to go away. It's going to be relevant to your business, regardless of what you sell, B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, never going to go away. So with that being the case, how can you become the voice of trust in your space right now? 
how can you be that thought leader? Well, you got to be willing to do three things that nobody else is willing to do. Number one, I mentioned it. You got to be willing to talk about what nobody else is willing to talk about in your space. Number two, you got to be willing to show through video what others in your space aren't willing to show. And number three, you got to be willing to sell in a way that others in your space aren't willing to sell. And, you know, if I, you know, I speak a lot and I ask audiences, I said, okay, how many of you can honestly say that we're talking about showing and selling in a way that the majority of our competitors in our space are not doing right now. And almost no one can ever raise their hand. And so we've got this sea of sameness that occurs in the way we do our sales, the way we do our marketing. And you can't be like everybody else if you want to stand out. And so you want to attract those, you got to do those three things. Now, what you talk about, that's where it gets really, really interesting. I mean, just that idea of there a lot of these tactics aren't really secrets. Like you post on LinkedIn every day. Like we've heard of that one. You comment on other people's stuff on LinkedIn and we stretch this out to blogging, podcasts, and YouTube. There aren't as many like secrets. You can even say there are any anymore just because of how much free content has been pumped out that educates people on this stuff. Well, um, well, just because something's not a secret doesn't mean that a lot of people do it. So let me give you an example in the book. And in, 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 the, in my book, They Ask You Answer, I talk about five subjects that move the needle in every single industry that uh, all of us are very familiar with in terms of the way that we vet companies, in terms of the way we research. We call them the big five. The big five are, these are all, again, subject matters that people research to death before they reach out to a company. Number one, cost-based questions, cost, price, et cetera. Number two, problems slash negatives slash issues slash how could this blow up in my face? So you've got cost, you got problems. Number three, you've got com uh, comparisons. We're constantly obsessed with comparing stuff online. Number four, you've got reviews. We're obsessed with reviews, but we want to know the good and the ugly. We don't want to just know the good. And finally, number five, best. I mean, think about how many times you've searched online, best such and such, most such and such, top such and such. So costs, problems, comparisons, reviews, and best. Those are the big five. That's the questions that the marketplace is asking. But you take the majority of uh, people that are listening to this right now, if they offer a service, they're not heavily talking about cost and price on their website. Even though everybody wants to get a sense for that during the vetting, during the research, process online before they reach out to you. And so that's an example of everybody knows they should be talking about cost and price. Everybody knows that they get annoyed as you know what, when they can't find cost and price as a buyer. At the same time, the majority of businesses don't talk about cost and price on their website. So this creates a paradox of once, right? It's like as the buyer, as the consumer, we want that information. As the business, we don't want to talk about it. That's not good. That's the ostrich with its head buried in the sand, thinking the problem's going to go away. It's not going to go away. So if all of us realized how many potential leads we've lost simply because we ignored some fundamental questions or subjects, I mean, it would just be a total game changer. I mean, let me give you another like really simple example like of, of, of each one of these five. Let's say um, problems. So I was a, you know, uh, as explained in They Ask You Answer, I was a pool guy, right? Nobody in the world, when I started They Ask You Answer, had addressed how much does a fiberglass pool cost on their website. We were the first ones. That one single article to this day has made over $25 million in revenue for the company. Number two, nobody in the world had talked about the problems with fiberglass pools. Nobody talked about it. I got asked all the time, what are the problems with fiberglass pools? So we openly talked about it. That made millions in revenue. Nobody had openly talked about the differences 
comparisons between fiberglass pools, vinyl liner pools, concrete pools, the pros and the cons of each one. Nobody wanted to do that. We did it. So we openly talked about alternative choices and competition. We didn't say negatives, but we just were open about it. We talked about reviews. I mean, all types of different reviews, reviews of different products, the pros and the cons, the pros and the cons of fiberglass, the pros and cons of working with our company. I mean, on and on and on, stuff that nobody talked about. We talked about the best. We talked about the best pool contractors in different areas. We mentioned competitors by name. We said these are some of the best to look for. I mean, we talked about stuff that nobody talked about. That's how we became the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. That's how we get so many stinking leads. That's how we became an international company. And so the point is that even though it's common sense – doesn't mean that it's commonly practiced. I really like this because we could easily do an episode where it's like, these are things that you have to do to get in front of people. These are the social networks that you have to post on. But what Marcus is doing is instead of saying like post daily on LinkedIn, schedule the post, it's taking a deep dive into what the consumer truly wants and knowing how the consumer has changed now relative to years before. Well, that's exactly right. And if you're going to post on social, if you're going to LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever that is, it's like the question is, what do you bring into the party? I mean, you want to be the person that's bringing good food to the party so you get invited back for the next party, right? So the food you're bringing is the content that you're bringing to that platform. Is it interesting? And what makes it interesting? Stuff that I wanted to know, stuff that you're willing to talk about that others in your space aren't willing to talk about, right? So lean into the, the these these types of subjects. I mean, I post almost every single day on LinkedIn, but I push the envelope on a lot of things. I'm opinionated. I'm not afraid to be disagreed with. I'm not lukewarm. I have an opinion. Uh, I'm very um, in terms of I'm very aggressive in terms of the way that I teach. I also do a lot of video. I, I I don't just talk about it. I show it, you know, which is very different. So there's all these things that we can do to set ourselves apart, even in 2023, where, yeah, is the internet saturated with content? Sure. Does that mean you should stop doing what you're doing? Heck, I mean, no, come on, guys. No, no. You've never had more opportunities than you have right now to answer these questions, especially with tools like ChatGPT. You can be a solopreneur. And you can produce some great content. Now, you still need to add your personal tone and voice and style to that article or that video. You still need to put uh, stories and experiences in there. But, you know, you can scale a marketing department quicker than you've ever had in the history of the world with the technology that we have today. And, I mean, one of the things I want to get into is just this idea of the party that you brought up earlier. If you're bringing your A game at the party – you're going to have people who get interested, want to be a part of it, and they come back for more. And yep. if you do that consistently, that's one of the ways you get inbound leads. But you do have to start somewhere where you have to have like some initial people at the party, some who like talk about it with others, some who just uh, they're there for the business model. So once you have it scaling and rolling, the inbound leads can come in very quickly, but for someone who's getting started and doesn't really have much of an audience, what tips would you give for them to create? Yeah, I mean, really simple, uh, practical action item for you. So I want you to brainstorm every single question you've ever been asked by a prospect. Think in the same vein, all right, what is anything anybody would ask 
search, positive or negative, about that thing you sell or about your industry. Brainstorm all those questions out. Focus specifically on some of the ones I've already mentioned, cost-based questions, comparison-based questions, best-of questions, right? Now, once you brainstorm those out, say to yourself, okay, this is going to be my editorial calendar of content. This is one of be posted on LinkedIn or on Facebook or whatever that social platform is. This is how I'm going to, uh, this is what I'm going to use for my video plan. This is what I'm going to use for my writing plan. That's what you do. You start with the brainstorm. You're going to get really, really excited if you do this, though. And if you come up with anything less than 50 to 100 pieces of content, you're being lazy. I mean, like being intellectually lazy because I've never found an industry where there weren't literally hundreds of questions about that particular thing that they sold. Product, service, again, doesn't really matter. B2B, B2C. The same psychology in terms of the way we buy applies across the board. So that's what I would do today. If you're listening to this right now, it's a very, very healthy exercise. And if you don't know those questions offhand, uh, maybe because it's been a while since you've been on a prospect call or something like that. I mean, Quora, Reddit, like those. Yeah, yeah Quora, you got Reddit, you got tools like answerthepublic.com, which is a decent one. You know, you've got SEO tools. I mean, really, arguably the best is just is Google itself, just watching it auto-suggest in terms of the things that people are, are, you know, are searching. You know, if I go online right now and I say, you know, do fiberglass pools, Google's going to say, Oh, here's all the things people say with respect to do fiberglass pools crack? Do fiberglass pools look ugly? You know, do fiberglass pools come in different shapes and sizes? Like there's all these questions. They're going to show me right there. Um, but also, if you don't know the questions, it just means you're out of touch with your customer. That is not good. That's an indictment on the individual. The companies that can't think like the buyer, like the customer, they don't succeed online very well. Sure, they might throw a ton of money at advertising, but in terms of generating inbound leads and sales, they don't do as well. Those that can think like their prospect and really focus on their questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns, and then address those honestly and transparently through text, through video, they're the ones that are become the thought leaders of their space and attracting all those prospects, and ultimately sales. And I like how it just comes down to, you mentioned sharing insights and information that others aren't as willing to share. I know you mentioned the, uh, you don't want to be in the sea of sameness. And just being able to find a way to break out of that can be very impactful for a lot of businesses. But uh, you mentioned earlier about how some businesses are out of touch with what their customers want. And I think this is especially, as you mentioned also, that uh, if you can't come up with those questions, it does signify you are a little bit out of touch. For listeners who maybe they just heard you say, like, you should be able to come up with like 50 to 100 content ideas just by thinking what questions your prospect has and they're panicking. How do you suggest we get back in touch with the customer? Well, you know, the first step is you got to have a great sense of self-awareness. In, in other words, when I started They Ask You Answer myself, I was like, I know what I'm searching every day. Here's some here's things that I do all the time. And my mindset was, if I'm doing it, 
Well, my customers are probably doing it too. Was I researching cost questions all the time online? Yep. Was I comparing companies on, online all the time? Yep. It was like, all I had to do is pay attention to myself. So the best marketers and the best entrepreneurs are incredibly self-aware. You notice, you observe your own behaviors, how you're evolving. You notice everything. You notice what social media platforms am I using? You're noticing what videos do I, am I tend to watch? You notice what ads am I clicking? You notice like what articles am I reading? Like you notice these things. And then you ask yourself, why? Why am I doing that? That's how your customers are too. So you get really, really in tune and in touch with that. You know, when I was, when I started this process to they ask you answer, I remember I'd go in homes and I'd be, you know, pitching a pool, give them a, a sales appointment. But every time somebody asked me a question, Mark, I'd think to myself, why'd they ask me that question just now? Have I not answered it on the website? Is it not shown? Why do they not know it? Is it my problem? Right? Like these are the things that I was thinking before I'd even answered. It's all stuff going through my head. And oftentimes I'd end up saying, I need to put that on the website tonight. Because I was obsessed with listening, like really obsessed with it. You've got to become obsessive about your buyer and about their behaviors, their thoughts, their worries, their concerns, their issues. I, that's where you've got to start if you want to be great. And what's interesting, that's where innovation comes from too. Innovation comes from problems where you're like, what the heck is wrong with this? Like, why can't I do this? You're like, how come that hasn't – there needs to be a service for that. There needs to be a product for that. And then you solve it and then you become rich. Like it's how it works over and over again, right? Because you saw something that was blatantly obvious, but nobody had done anything about it. I mean, listening is such a great skill because if you listen to what someone's saying, but also their, you look at their actions, you look at their body language, you're able to tell how they feel about your product or service. Uh, the way that your offer is presented. You're, if you pay attention to all these cues, you are able to pick up on that. And it also helps to create better content to get people interested. Now, let's say you're, you've got the like a lot of messages from inbound leads. They come across your content or your social media posts. How do you proceed to get that person to the finish line? Because you can get them as an inbound lead, but if you can't convert them, it, it doesn't translate into more revenue. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is all this heavy, right? Because you got to have skills. <laughs> you got to work on your skills. One of which is you've got to be a world-class communicator. And uh, I noticed that, um, I, you know, it's interesting to me. I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they say things like, you know, I'm just not that good at such and such. Like video is just not my thing. Sales isn't my thing. I'm like, well, you chose the wrong profession then. You shouldn't be an entrepreneur. You should go work for somebody. Because if you're going to label yourself as not good with people or not good at sales or not good at such and such, well, then that's what you're going to be. Like you're not going to be good. And so, you be, you know, we talked about obsession. Like I'm obsessed with communication. I'm obsessed with getting better at it, with messaging, with sales messaging, with sales conversations, the way I listen, the way I ask questions, all those things. It's a big, big deal to me. And I train like I've got, you know, different companies. I trained all my employees get communication training. It's a big deal. A lot of the entrepreneurs out there are struggling because their biggest weakness is communication. You know, Mark, they've done the studies, the number one indicator of one's average income right now. Number one indicator is their ability to communicate. It's not their schooling. It's not their education. It's their ability 
to communicate. So that's a major one. And so I would also just say, you got to be obsessed with learning. The best entrepreneurs, the ones that, uh, the best employees, best team members, they're the ones that are constantly learning, that are in love with personal development, personal improvement. Uh, they see life as this long journey. They're never satisfied with where they are, with their skills, right? And so hopefully if you're listening to this right now, you're not satisfied either. I think it's good to be restless. It's good to be a restless soul. Wow. I mean, just that idea of, I mean, with any skill, no one starts good at the skill. You see someone who's good at video, like they didn't start that exactly. way. And That's right. You're not good. It's like, you're guaranteeing that you don't reach that new height. And I just find it really interesting that you mentioned that study with communication being the top skill, because I mean, with any skill, you don't have to be good when you're getting started. It's just building it up and eventually getting good with it over time. A hundred percent. There ain't no skills that we just, you know, suddenly we're great at other than maybe breathing and seeing that's it even seeing took us a while like breathing is pretty much the only skill you're naturally good at in most cases beyond that you got to learn it all man i mean you got to learn it all sales is no different communication is no different um that's why like the best entrepreneurs you just see it over and over again they love to learn and i'm not one to say you should read 52 books a year um i'm actually a bigger fan of you should read the same five books 52 times and you do that. And now that's when it becomes a part of who you are. Remember, especially when it comes to a book, you can read a book to get through it, or you can read the book. So it gets through you. There's a big difference. Always choose the latter, right? Make sure you're not just trying to check a box. Make sure you're attempting to do it in such a way that this now is a part of who I am. No different than you can listen to this podcast, say that was pretty cool and do nothing with it. Or you can listen to it again. You're better off if you listen to it twice. If this resonates with you the first time, let's do it again. You're going to learn. Yeah, people used to um, – I used to be afraid that when people would come to my talks, they may have heard me say something before until everybody kept telling me yeah, I got more the second time. Oh, Marcus, it was the third time that it all made sense. Everything came together. Right? There's power in repetition. Repetitive learning is fundamentally critical to our ability to retain – and then, of course, you got to teach it to others because that's the way you test yourself, right? You teach the thing to other people. You start to talk about it to other people. That's why I like doing podcasts with folks like you, Mark, because, hey, this forces me to be better, right? It's like I'm teaching myself right now, just like talking to your audience. But by the process of me doing this just forces me to get better and better and better at my craft. I mean, just the verbal repetition, because I recognize this too when – I'm being interviewed in other shows. And even when I'm doing the shows on Breakthrough Success, like by adding commentary to the show, like you're reminding yourself of things that you already know or you are crystallizing points that you didn't know as much before and you're learning it from the guests. Like there's so much value in uh, the repetition process and learning all these different skills by reading all these different books. And I think Marcus, I mean, just based on the time that we've had together on the show, uh, he definitely strikes me as a person you want to follow in addition to listening to this episode. Like you get a lot of skills just by reading his book, which we will link to in the show notes. But Marcus, I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the other places we can follow your work and journey. 
Well, make sure if you listen to this, you follow me on LinkedIn because I'm pretty dang awesome over there and my videos are a riot and you would love them, I promise. So check out LinkedIn, watch some of my videos. You're going to laugh. Um, you can reach out to me personally if you want. Uh, my most personal email is marcus at marcussheridan.com. If you have a question for me, make sure you get the book. They ask you answer. It's going to change your life if you read it and apply it. And, uh, you know, Mark, it's really been a pleasure being with you. I love what you're doing. Love your passion for learning as well and for community. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Well, Breakthrough Successors, we will have links in the show notes. Marcus, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. Thank you for coming here today. Yeah, my pleasure.